want to go right back out to our guest line. And waiting patiently, Darian Harris, five-year MSU linebacker. He was co-captain of the 2015 Big Ten Champions, a college football playoff team. How many guys can say that they have been part of three uh, teams here that uh, did what Michigan State did in terms of uh, Big Ten championship games in uh, first one in 2011, then 2013, then 2015. Now, Director of Player Relations and Program Enhancement for MSU football. Uh, any other titles I need to add to that, Darian? <laughs> nope, that's, that's the only one for now. <laughs> well, a very busy time, even without bowl preparation. Uh, I guess now with the earlier signing date in December, uh, one week from today, when you look at all the portal movement coming and going, and you have to be kind of a, a, a math wizard to make all these numbers add up exactly the way you want. Seems like most teams either have uh, slots they don't fill or they have uh, more guys than, than they have slots available. But can you talk about what the difference is this December as opposed to what it was a year ago over at the Duffy Doherty building? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, and when not preparing for a for a bowl game, uh, it, it you know differs in terms of the, the schedule we have for our for our current guys. Uh, you know, this is the this is the final week that they have to be in the in the facility um, as they finish up final exams, and they we kind of uh, turn them loose until the the second week of January when school starts back up. So that's definitely a little different. And then from a staff perspective, of course, you know, it's all focused on recruiting now, closing out this class. Um, you know, getting the last batch of official visits done uh, in this week. And, and then, you know, also, of course, with the transfer portal, um, you know, figuring out if, if there's other uh, needs we can fill in that regard. So, um, you know, the way that the uh, recruiting calendar is set up, it allows for official visits to also take place the first couple weeks of December. So even if we're in a situation where we don't have a bowl game, we're still full speed ahead, um, you know, with recruiting, with recruits, we're getting – uh, recruits and their families on campus and, uh, and and getting ready for 2023. When you don't have a bowl game, especially a game like uh, the Power Six, uh, New Year's Six game, I should say, uh, last year with Michigan State and Pitt, uh, difference in motivation, a difference in the ability to monitor how players are doing. Would you guess it'd be like anything else and some guys will go home and work out and do exactly what the coaches would want, and others will exhale and come back uh, and look like they need to a little catch up. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's just kind of the nature of this, uh, um, you know, the organization and, and uh, program that that anybody has is just that you have young men that when you so to speak cut them loose, you know, you're relying on them to be responsible and come back yeah. ready to go. You know, at, you know, at the end of the day. You know, the workouts that they're probably going to get in um, during their time off are not going to be at the level that we're, that they will, they'll get with Coach Novak and his staff when they get back. But obviously you don't want anybody, you know, going home and um, doing anything that they're not advised to do from a, from a weight gain or loss perspective. Um, and you want them to come back in as best shape as possible. At the same time, you want them to take some time off, spend some time with family. You know, we just came off of a, of a long season. Nonetheless, bowl game or not, 
Um, you know, had a lot going on this season, of course, from a, from a mental standpoint. You want these guys to right. take some time, you know, have a little refresher, and then come back ready to rock and roll. So it isn't really about sending them home, but sending them home with a workout and then telling them that they have to hit the weight room, you know, at their high school every single day and get it in. It's more of just come back mentally prepared and ready to roll because um, we're going to ramp it up once we hit January. What's it like when guys come back in January? And I guess you can tell uh, who's been cheating and who hasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's interesting. You got a, a bunch of different crops of guys. You got the, you know, you got last year's freshman group um, where you had a few guys that played, but um, you know, most that did not. So so they're going to come back hungry and uh, also feeling like that that freshman year for them is is over. So now with a, a new group of freshmen coming in, you know, they're going to be like, hey, we're not the young guys anymore. Uh, so that's a, that's a feeling. You know, you have the, the, the older players, but who maybe were second string, third string uh, backups who didn't get a lot of clock, you know, kind of seeing their window of opportunity to play narrowing down. So they may or at least should come in with a certain level of focus. Uh, then you have your, you know, your returning starters, um, who are looking to build off of the year that they had, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Then you have your small group of leaders who are like, okay, we can't not be in a bowl game again. You know, now we're setting our sights yeah. on a championship, and we're going to try to take the reins of the team from the very get-go because we're always talking about a player-led team. The best time to, to create that is off-season training. So you're going to have your leaders who are like, from day one, Here's how we're going to do things. And then you're, of course, going to have your small group of folks that do come back a little unmotivated um, and yeah. maybe a little, need a little kick in the pants to get to get going. So there's a lot of different groups, but that's what makes it an enjoyable and excitement and exciting. You know, that that's what makes a football team. Darian, I think we've talked about this before, but one of the things that's different between college football and pro football and college football, uh, the strong tend to get stronger in the National Football League. Everything is parity-based from the draft to the schedule to the salary cap. And uh, they want to have a lot of teams bunched together and uh, not the same team winning all the time. But I think when you look at uh, the bowl preparation and the practices that bowl teams get, it accentuates the difference between those teams and the others in their league. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where the NCAA wakes up and says, hey, for the future, we're going to allow the teams that don't play in bowls to have extra practices so that that gap doesn't grow. I, I could I could see that happening. Uh, I think, you know, as we continue to, you know, of course, go towards playoff expansion, you know, which which we've yeah. already seen is, is, uh, is on the horizon, you right. know, you're going to get – now more teams that are are vying for these playoff spots and there's no indication that they're going to get rid of the rest of the bowl games so you know you're still going to have those um and i could definitely see it being a a first school you know uh, basis whether you want to continue to practice at least another week you know at least another week of work because as you know you know it's all about getting the young guys reps and then now some of these young guys who didn't get practice reps throughout the season won't get them necessarily until spring ball Darian, when players are coming and going the way that uh, they are now in the portal, and I think we've got over 1,500 players uh, in the portal, so you figure 131 schools, that's uh, more than 11 per school. Uh, When you you look at that, 
do coaching staffs generally know who is leaving, uh, who has got one foot out the door? And maybe that's a, kind of a mutual decision. But how often are they surprised by a decision? I'd say every so often. You know, there's, there's maybe one or two a year, especially in this day and age. Maybe even more than that, that do come as a surprise. You know, I think we'd be yeah. um, a little naive to think that that doesn't take place, just because you don't know kind of always what's going on in the in the psyche of a of a student athlete. You know, once they get to the end of the season, what they've been hearing out there, what their support system's telling them, and the waiting weeks, you know, when before the transfer portal opens up. You know, there's a lot more factors and variables that are in play, um, and it's just a, it's a different kind of a thought process to a lot of different things, whether it's being a student athlete, whether it's working at a, at a job, you know, there's a lot of folks now that are like, Hey, you know, if, if you're not happy, you know, find another opportunity or just yeah. go, go ahead and, 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 and head out the door. And that wasn't the case, you know, years ago, that, that, that's, that's usually not the way that, you know, you kind of been taught to, to do certain things, but it's the new way of doing things. Uh, nowadays, and it's not right, wrong, or indifferent. It just kind of is what it is. So I do think that there are some surprises um, where maybe you would expect that uh, you know somebody would be primed for for a big year the next year uh, at your respective school, but then decides that you know maybe this isn't necessarily the best fit for them. Um, and you just have to you know provide them with as much information as you can give them, um, but they're going to have to make decisions uh, on their own accord at the end of the day anyway. So. Um, I do definitely don't think that you will at least get a few surprises every year, whether you have a, a fantastic season or not. Like it, it really does, isn't always about the wins and losses either. Uh, Izzo was talking about this the other night in one of our late, late night phone calls, and and he was talking about the guys he had who got numbers hung from the rafters, who would have left because they weren't getting time early or they had to learn to be coached. And they had to battle through some things, and now maybe uh, players would take the path of least resistance. I was thinking that the same might have been true, Darian, for Mark D'Antonio with the number of guys he had come in who they talk about a developmental program. Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan State are the three that are most often mentioned in that paragraph in the Big Ten. And guys you played with who in 2015 were tremendous players who didn't start out that way. Yeah, for sure. You know, I just think that at the end of the day, it's a different day and age. Um, and it also depends on who you have at the helm and kind of what's expected of the program. You know, you look at that developmental way of doing things. Um, I think there's always got to be development in terms of, uh, you know, on and off the field. But, you know, speaking specifically about on the field, there's always going to have to be development, you know, in terms of, you know, whether it's a, a highly rated uh, recruit coming in or not. Um, at the same time, you know, you wonder if that's a sustainable, sustainable model. Um, but at the end of the day, we just want really good football players and really great, great young men, you know, off the field. Yeah. And the development will come with that. So um, we're all in a win now kind of era. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. every single sport is like that, no matter the level. And, yeah. uh, you know, you have to kind of move accordingly. Uh, people don't have a lot of patience anymore in terms right. of a, right. a process to, to get to a point where you wait two, three, four years for a class to really start making an impact. Darian, we're like that as a society. It's a microwave society now, and everyone yep. wants something now or sooner. And, uh, you know, nobody has the patience to 
go through the process. And I know uh, Mel is always talking about the process, the process. And, and I, I heard that so much from Nick Saban, it still resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in terms of name, image, and likeness, uh, people say, well, what is Michigan State? And I, I say the same thing I, that I do about attendance and resources and everything else. It's a have. If you have haves and have nots, Michigan yep. State is definitely a have. But it's not a have at all. It's not like uh, some schools, uh, you know, I think about Ohio State and Alabama and uh, the schools that have 100-plus thousand Michigan State stadiums. And, uh, you know, Michigan State still has to work for everything it gets. And uh, if you want to be part of that process, it's pretty rewarding. And if you don't, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you a little bit uh, while we can, uh, before we're done, about some other sports. Because you, more than anyone we have on Press Pass, is what I call an all-sports guy. Uh, I can talk to you about mixed martial arts. I can talk to you about soccer. I can talk to you about uh, the NBA, baseball. It doesn't matter. Uh, You follow it. Uh, What can you tell us about today's second World Cup semifinal, 2-0 win for France over Morocco? And what happens in this final with France and Argentina? Yeah, before you do that, Darian, real quick, this is Rob Bennett. I just want to say, as for as well as a soccer fan, I want to say thank you for putting <laughs> up with Jack and trying to teach him the sport of the world football. So I appreciate that. And, of course, going back to Jack's question, when you look yeah, at Rob the... hasn't been able to do it, so he's hoping <laughs> that you would have a little I've more I've tried success. the best I can, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, but going into this final, what do you think? I mean, is this Messi's time finally, or is France going to be back-to-back champions for the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, first with, with today's game, I mean, it, it kind of went as, as you expected. You know, Morocco was, was, was outmatched. Uh, out there, and you know that was evident from from the get go. You know, France scoring in, in under five minutes of play. Um, it's it's the final's going to be interesting. You know, this is probably Messi's last shot at getting one. You know, real shot at getting one. Um, I, I think France overall is, is is a better squad. You know, you you got to look at Mbappe is probably the most famous, most popular, most recognizable athlete on the planet right now. And you know, if he were to get his second one. I mean, we're talking about an incredibly rare air, though. So it just yeah. is really, for me, it comes down to, do I want to see this young star get another and, and progress <laughs> to possibly get in, you know, three or four? Or right. does somebody who's in that GOAT, you know, GOAT status like Messi, do I want to see him him get one? Um, and I, I think I'm leaning towards, I, even though I'm a Ronaldo guy, I think I want to see Messi get his one. You know, I love when the, yeah, I like when yeah. the GOATs of the, of the sports get their championships. You know, I think it's deserved, so... Either way, it's going to be an incredible, incredible match. All right. Well, that'll be something to watch. And when is the final? Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Yep. Okay. Uh, afternoon here, or is it afternoon there? Should be should, should be afternoon here. Um, afternoon here. Okay. Yep. I know there's yep. a time difference. Afternoon here. But it uh, can be. Uh, it will be, be at uh, uh, ten a.m. Actually, so. Okay. Might be afternoon okay. there. Yep, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. here. All right. Yeah. I uh, want to talk for just a minute uh, about uh, the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, Dallas has uh, now established itself as maybe Team B 
in the National Football Conference behind Philadelphia. And then I saw today that uh, some Cowboys popping off about <laughs> how Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP and he's a system quarterback. And why would you do that? Um, you know, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I was having this conversation with uh, one of my friends a couple of days ago when, when Zion uh, Williamson threw down that 360 dunk in yeah. the, the, the waning seconds of, the, of that game. I know it's a different sport, obviously, but like, I, I don't think sportsmanship necessarily has to uh, uh, be exemplified, in, especially in professional sports. So I think you can say, like, hey, why would you say something like that? But at the end of the day, these are pro athletes, you know. Mm-hmm. Let them speak their mind. Um, now, okay. do I think that it's correct? No. Do I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP? Absolutely. I mean, I think yeah. it's he's yeah. borderline running running away with it now. Um, yeah. However, you know, as a rival team and, and player, especially a defensive player, you know, yeah. kind of speak your mind. You know, it is what it is. It makes for for fun matchup that hopefully we can see maybe in an NFC championship if the seedings work out that way. Well, we'll see if uh, Micah Parsons or – A.J. Brown is the best number 11 on the field when they meet at Jerry World in the rematch. Uh, I have to talk to you a little bit about last night. I don't know if you stayed up for this. I mean, you've got... I unfortunately did. Oh. (laughs) You know, it looked like uh, it was going to be a pretty convincing win for Boston. And then here come the Lakers and uh, some really strong basketball. Even Russell Westbrook got involved in this, but uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron were brilliant, and the uh, Lakers built a 13-point lead in the closing minutes. Then what happened? Fatigue set in. You know, I think that that's, that's going to be their big issue going forward. They are talented enough to, to win games, um, talented enough to beat anybody in the league, uh, but if it comes down to a close one and, and overtime, I mean, once it hit overtime, I knew there was, there was no shot. It's the same thing that happened against the 76ers, uh, yeah. you know, about a week ago on their on their road yeah. road stretch. It's just they're not equipped to do that. And if you have Russ, AD, and Bron playing the entire fourth quarter, that they're, they're, they're not going to be able to go another five minutes, not at yeah. the level necessary um, to to win a game like that. So it's just. It's just age, you know, kind of, you know, stepping in there. It's father time. It's bound to happen. But they've shown that they do have the ability to to win against the best of the best. So first they have to focus, of course, on winning enough games to get into the playoffs. I think if they get in from that 7-10 seed, it's going to be tough, you know, because that one one game to get in uh, might be a little tough to win. But if they can find a way to somehow get in as a 6, then you might see them make a run. Darian, do you think right now Jason Tatum is the MVP of the NBA? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, that would be news to the people in Milwaukee who've watched Giannis and to the people who have watched uh, uh, Nikola Jokic all year. I think you could get some pretty good debates going on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, you know, I look at look at the records first and foremost and um, – you know, when you when you look at the way Tatum's playing, especially last night, I mean that that's an MVP, of course, level performance from him last night. Um, I, I got Jason Tatum right now winning it. You also factor in, of course, you know they they, they lost their coach in the off season and yeah. have, and have had a, a, a you know a seamless transition. You know, so it, credit goes all around. So you may have the coach of the year and the MVP on the on the same team. 
Well, it was just a shock to me the way that Davis had played. And uh, he had played at an MVP level for a few weeks. But for him to miss those free throws, like he missed four of them in the last two games, otherwise they would have two more wins. Hey, Rob, do you know which team has a better record right now? Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Oklahoma City Thunder? I'm going to say the Lakers do. I have to look. Uh, you'd be wrong. Wow. Okay. Uh, both teams are 11 and 16. Okay. Hmm. But something tells me that when I'm watching one of the NBA pregame shows or inside the NBA uh, or listening to talk radio, I'm not going to hear too many segments on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Probably should, though, because the way that uh, Shaq yeah. Alexander is playing, is yeah. I mean, he should be an all-star starter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Darian, great talking with you. I should let our listeners know. Uh, because most of them really enjoy when you are on Press Pass, that you will be back on for Team 481 this Sunday night. And uh, you can carry that World Cup ball all the way to the goal, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> you'll be on with Mike Griffith. So looking forward to that and a lot of college football talk as well. Sounds great. Thanks, man.